Welcome to episode two of Sinners and Winners Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Derek, and unfortunately, I'm by myself right now. And uh, let me explain. You suck! During the process, I did have actually two co-hosts, and during the process of editing this podcast, I somehow lost the first 10 or so minutes of our recording due to schedule constraints. I just can't get the group back together right at the moment. But with the hope of getting content out to you guys each week anyway, I'm going to make the best of what we got, and uh, I think there's still quite a bit of good originally recorded parts of that podcast remaining to include a really neat special guest at the end that I think everybody will enjoy. So with that being said, uh, what was cut out was our initial reactions to our football draft. And it sounded like everybody had a good time with the draft and really kind of appreciated some of the differences. And you'll hear us go into that discussion when we start talking about the consequences here in just a moment. But for the most part, um, everybody seemed to have a good time. Like some of the new new things that this, this league added to the drafts concept. One of the things that we decided to do was to vote for the best and worst draft. And uh, while it was close and and came down to a tiebreaker vote, uh, myself was voted as the uh, number one draft overall and I received the Kevin Costner award. And uh, Jason actually uh, was voted for the worst draft of the league um, with a very surprising first pick of Adrian Peterson and he got a pretty little pink sash that really went with his outfit and uh, he just looked very nice in the uh, league picture so anyway you know it was all in good fun and who knows um, you know drafts are only part of the equation and who knows who ended up with the best draft the person I was tied with I think the only reason it ended up going my way was the person that initially had the same amount of votes as I did has a stacked team but there were a few question marks such as Zeke So he took a few chances, and at the time of this recording, it looks like they are starting to pay off for him. So that being said, that was kind of the only part of this conversation that was cut out, and I do apologize, and especially to my co-hosts, Jamie and Brian, uh, I do apologize for cutting out some of your uh, contributions to the show this week. Maybe it was just kind of a way to get myself more radio time. You know, I'm a little bit of a narcissist. One other thing I do want to share with the league is the belt came in, our our trophy for this league, and that the winner will get to take home and adorn their walls with for the following year. It is sweet. It looks really nice. It's a great size. It's got a nice weight to it. I think it's going to be a really cool piece to display and then show up at next year's draft kind of doing your thing with. So pretty excited for everybody to see that. So without further ado, we're just going to kind of jump in with the what's remaining of the recorded week two podcast. Thanks again for joining me and here it goes. Otherwise, the other highlight uh, to me was the the consequences. You guys want to talk about those a little bit? Yeah, I, I was really happy with what we decided to do for the the consequences for the loser. The first one, which is one that I suggested, so thank you guys for voting for me. It's number one punishment. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, so the the one was the team that loses has the worst record or, or whatever. They have to stand in front of Walmart or Target for 30 minutes in a dress, holding a sign that the winner made for them. Honk if you want to see me dance, or something <laughs> yeah. like that. And you know, obviously it's going to be something that somebody's not going to get thrown in jail for. Right. 
Especially at Walmart. Walmart, they may not even notice anything's going on. Yeah, Target's a little different. Yeah, we yeah. might have to make it Target, Target. so it's actually... I would, have, I would think so, yeah. Walmart, might have to class just, it up a little. <laughs> Walmart, just another Saturday. I believe the second one was that you mentioned, Eric. Yeah, um, it's also a 30-minute time frame that you will purchase a blow-up doll and take said blow-up doll on a date to the restaurant of your choice. You do have to order food for the two of you and sit down for a meal for that 30 minutes. So if you fast food, you got to take the blow-up doll to the register with you? Yes, uh, yes. You enter, <laughs> participate, and leave the restaurant as a couple. Unless you want to like play it up and get into a fight and maybe, maybe the blow-up doll somehow leaves before you. Or you leave the blow-up doll. <laughs> <laughs> that would probably be no, right. no, you, you would need... stay here. You find your own ride home. <laughs> yeah, right. Enough tired talk you. from you, woman. Or me. But yeah, so the doll's going to have a uh, I, I Suck at Fantasy Football shirt just to kind of help the person uh, save a little face while they're in there, you know. People yeah. will know why they're in there. And hopefully the rest of the uh, the draft owners will, will show up to both or either of those penalties and kind of just add to the fun, do some heckling, whatever. Yeah, I, I think both of them are great. I think they're both consequences that we are actually willing to do, and that's not going to, like I said, get us put in jail or, or look too bad. Now, the one thing that is going to suck, and I'm just going to say it because I think people have thought it, is how shitty we're going to look as human beings if the owner in a wheelchair ends up in last place in a dress with a sign that says how bad he sucks at fantasy football and we're standing around him calling him out. Honestly, I mean, it might look bad on us, but I don't think Jay has any problems with it. Oh, I don't think he'd care. No, I, I don't, don't think, think he would care at all. At him at all. Yeah. Be, I think he's going to be fine now. I, I think it will help if we kind of make it a game for him. Maybe instead of standing out front, maybe have him just roll around the yeah, like, uh, inside and that could, of the store. Anybody could do that maybe. Like actually just travel Push through the door. store and yeah, actually yeah, try yeah. to engage in conversations with people. Yeah. You know, or something like that while wearing a dress. That would be yeah. pretty cool. But yeah, no, I don't think he'll mind in the least. It just kind of the, the, the image what of what other people us. might think would be like, gosh, what a bunch of assholes. <laughs> Just a bunch of nine rednecks heckling someone <laughs> yeah. in the Target parking lot. But it's all going to be a good fun, man. And I think, I, th- I honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. I think yeah. that's going to be a fun conclusion to the season. Yeah, I, I think that was great. It was awesome that everybody was on board with those two. I also think the other uh, difference that we had this go around that we've had in others is the the chance of. Uh, what our draft picks were. Nobody knew going into yeah. going into the draft what their draft pick was. It was all by random. The the ball landed in your cup. Your cup. You got to choose whatever round you wanted. And for me, I thought that was awesome. I love being yeah, able I to do. choose. I would. I liked very much going into it not knowing, and yeah. and I drafted very different from what I normally do because I had a strategy depending on where I fell. Based on who was left and that kind of thing, and really tried to play who fell through me. I'm not saying I succeeded all the time, but it was cool because it forced me out of my normal drafting strategy. Yeah, yeah. But I think people over prep and plan sometimes. If you know, hey, I've got the third pick, and I've got to, you know, this year I've got to take Kamara or you know whatever. Um, yeah. I kind of liked having that added to the mystery going into it. Yeah. So I know this was this was definitely my first draft with a super flex position, and I believe it was probably you guys as well. Yeah. You know, I did some mocks, so it, it kind of helped me prepare. But if there was one thing that you 
either were surprised about or learned about or were happy with uh, about a super flex draft that you're not used to in other drafts, what would that be? Uh, having to get two quarterbacks. Yeah. I think having it made to the, get them semi-early. Too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think it made the whole draft more important. You know, like in a standard league where you're only getting one, it's kind of become commonplace, at least for most people where they won't draft a quarterback until, you know, around eight, nine, ten, maybe right. even later than that. And with that, with having to have two, basically maybe even three on your roster, everybody was, they were just spread out. You know, I think the earliest one went in the second round and, and you still had quarterbacks going, you know, in the second to last round. So I just think it made the whole draft a little bit more dynamic. There was there was valuable players out there in the eighth, ninth, tenth round that wouldn't normally be. So I, I actually like it. I thought it worked out well. And it didn't go like I expected where it would be, you know, like a run on the quarterbacks and they all just start flying off because I think we all went into it with a little bit different mindset of how to value that quarterback, you know, in relation right. to the other position. Uh, next year may be interesting. Yeah, depending I think on it will. Yeah. Depend on when we're like, oh, crap, we got to get quarterbacks yeah. early. Next year it may be kind yeah. of. Yeah, especially after going early. through a season and seeing what a quarterback does, you know, on the team. Right. You know, like if whomever has the two best quarterbacks, if they're just untouchable, I think it definitely would make them all go a lot faster. Yeah, I agree. I believe those were probably my two surprises as well. People that you can scoop up later because there's more emphasis on a, on a quarterback earlier. Yeah. So that was, I mean, there's people on our waivers now that are drafted in a normal league because... Right, and we have like no quarterbacks. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. We're very slim pickings. Eli right. Manning. Because the majority, well, everybody's got two and, and several have, some have way more than two. Yeah. Maybe way too many yeah. for one roster. But, you know, like, everybody kind of did their thing, and I really liked it. I thought it was a definitely a very different draft from what I'm used to, and it was it was pretty fun. Yeah. Just just that difference. Yeah, I enjoyed it. All right, so now that we've talked a little bit about the draft, y'all want to run through maybe the first week in fantasy football, uh, maybe some sexy picks or bold statement that you want to make, who you got winning, who you got losing, however you want to do it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think we can – we could start off by who we think or what we think is going to be a bold prediction for the week. And then after we each say one of those, we just roll into the matchups. We can start with the top and work our way down and not try to take too much time. Okay. But, you know, I I could start off if you want with my uh, my bold prediction. And, and I think it's uh, Mike Davis is, is the leading touch getter for the Chicago Bears on Thursday night uh, at running back. You know, I hope I'm wrong because I love Montgomery. And I, I do value Cohen, too. And Mike Davis is not even part of anybody's team, probably. I don't know if he was drafted in this one. He's probably still out on the waivers, so could be leaving some points on the board. But I, I have a feeling that he's going to get more touches than what I think people are thinking he will. Cool. I'll go with uh, Royce Freeman. I have him, have him on my team, so I'm more of a hopeful, bold prediction than anything. But I think he'll lead Denver in fantasy points, and I also think he'll even be a top ten Top ten finisher this week for his that matchup on Monday night. So that's that's definitely possible. I think Royce has all the talent in the world. He's obviously the draft capital on the team, as opposed to Lindsay. We uh, we'll see. It's definitely spicy. I'm going to say that Mr. Fancy Patrick Mahomes is not the number one or number two scoring quarterback this week. Oh yeah. You got any ideas who are, or yeah. just that he's not? The matchup he's got against, or do you think I, Well, I think, got... yeah, I think the matchup is a huge part of it. Um, who do they play? I don't even know. Um, what? <laughs> the, the, they play in Jacksonville. True, yeah, that's a tough one. Is it in Jacksonville? Uh, that part I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's in Jacksonville. 
That's right, yeah, because they said Ramsey's going to be shadowing Hill, so that'll be yeah. interesting. And, and honestly, they might not be able to get to Jacksonville until that Saturday night or Sunday with the, yeah, well, with with the, the weather. Storm. Yeah, that's true. So they might not even be accustomed to what it's like down there right away. So there's definitely all of the, the possibilities that can happen. You're going against a great defense. Uh, you have all this hype on you. They got a year of film on you, which makes a difference sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just, I mean, I think he's going to be phenomenal for the year, but I just, my, my bold prediction is he's not in the top two this week. Yeah, I think that's spicy. I think that's good, though. I think all of the what we said could be could be done. If you uh, had to pick it, two quarterbacks to above, outscore him, above Mahomes, do you have? Week? Honestly, I think it could be Dak and. That's uh, bold in itself. Prescott? Yeah, nice. I mean. Which other Dak? <laughs> Did you think I said dad? Uh, so, I mean, going against the Giants at home, I just don't think the Giants have have a great defense this year. Dak can definitely put up some points, and if, especially if Zeke comes back, uh, that's going to help for sure. And and my other my other vote would probably be Lamar Jackson. He's mm. going against the Dolphins. I agree. And that's, that's a – Dolphins have a – Crappy run defense, and Lamar Jackson can run. Can run so yeah. it's, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I I, I I do think I do agree on the Lamar Jackson. I think well, that's a sexy pick right there. Yeah, and I think well, he may not be like a good NFL quarterback. I think Lamar Jackson is going to be a phenomenal. And to be clear, we're talking about fantasy points. Uh, versus he's probably not going to throw more yardage than many, but fantasy well, right. points. Yeah, yeah. bottom yeah. line, you know, twelve passing points and. 18 from his legs yeah. is, is going to be good enough. Yeah, All right. I mean, that's one thing that we also have to make sure as, as fantasy players is making that divide between actual NFL play and fantasy and what yeah. we get for points on that because I will, I'm not a big Lamar Jackson fan and I don't think he's a good quarterback, but I will it's draft fun to watch. him and I will have him on my team I agree. because he will get you some points because he runs – and fantasy values running quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. It's like the Blake Bortles syndrome. Never a good NFL quarterback, but top ten fantasy every, every season. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a there's a pretty good uh, argument for quite a few quarterbacks this first week coming out. I just I think Jacksonville's going to do a good job. Yeah. Think they're going to win? Shut them down. No. No, you don't no, think so? I don't. <laughs> you think it'll but be I, a low-scoring game? I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, yeah. which is going to be a – Pretty surprising for everybody fans yeah. who are. And that has huge impacts, like my, not just on Mahomes, though. If it's low scoring, you got Kelsey, who was a top one or two round pick. You, you have Hill. You have whoever running back wise, what do you think about McCoy coming? Do you, what do you see uh, happening? I, I think, if, if anything, it's one of those things where it hurts Williams' value more than it actually means McCoy's going to have a good, good game. I think it's still Williams' team, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still think Williams will probably be the guy there, the starter. I think McCoy will come in and be of value. I How think soon? For NFL reasons, so we're going to go back to the whole NFL versus fantasy. For NFL, it's good I for think him. for NFL, it's great for Kansas City. Yeah, I think it's too. great for McCoy. I think it's great for Williams. It's not great for Thompson, but uh, for McCoy and Williams, I think it's great for fantasy. I do think Williams takes a little bit of a hit, but not much. And it's, it's so hard to tell. Andy Reid's always yeah. been a guy that he doesn't yeah. do the rotating of running backs and everything like that. But the interesting thing is, is McCoy was offered the same contract to go to the Chargers, and he didn't take it. What an hour. Well, going to a familiar sp- so spot, he's, really. Yeah, exactly. So he's going to a coach he knows, a system he knows, as opposed to going to somewhere he doesn't know. Yeah. The coach knows him, knows what he's capable of. So I think it helps everybody. Fantasy-wise, it's still to be determined, I think. I agree. Yep, yep. 
All right, so that's matchups, and I think that's kind of about it. Yep. Is there anything else we want to talk about today? No, I think we roll through the matchups, think who we have winning those matchups and why real quick, and then yeah. we'll roll with that. So it, it looks like uh, the first matchup on our board is Morning Woods versus Jay's team. It's hard to tell right now because Jay's team isn't submitted, but I think... Uh, I think you got to go with Morningwood, though. Yeah, Morningwood. Just based on, unfortunately, we gave Jay's team the, the worst draft, so we can't really give him week one yet. Yeah. Anything can happen, though, but... Yeah, I, I think the matchups that the Morning Woods players have that they're going against is is nice. I think um, Michael Thomas going against Houston, that's Houston's on the downslide on their defense, I think. You have Nick Chubb going against Tennessee. I don't think their defense is that great. And then you have Chris Carson going against Cincinnati, who their defense, I think, is just god-awful. So I think that's a, a win for Morning Woods. I, I would agree. I think it's going to be closer than people think, though. I, I think th- once he gets it set up, it's going to be a decent game. Well, it'd be—I mean, because you got the—he's got Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. Since we're doing this, the super flex, and you get Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees in, on any team, and yeah. they can—and yeah. they can score enough points to. I mean, we're to at keep a, him motivated. a point, and where his backup quarterback is Brady, yeah. <laughs> you know. And so that's a—that's a strength of his team for sure. Yeah, and for those two players, they're both playing on prime time, and they both love to shine on prime time. So, yeah. I mean, that's going to build in points, too. You have Mark Ingram, who's playing against Miami, and I think they're just as bad as Should be able to have a field day, so, yeah. I agree. I mean, those three players right there could potentially carry his team if need be. So, I, I do think that it's Morning Woods that takes the win. I agree. But I think, I think it's going to be closer than, than it looks yeah. like. But yeah, I, I agree. So then the next, you have the Dukes of Hazard and the Winter Soldiers. So per projection, you got Dukes of Hazard. You don't like to go based off of projection just because if you do, you're going to end up messing with your lineup where you probably shouldn't. I am probably going to lean towards the Winter Soldiers based off of wide receivers alone. I was going to say the same thing. I, I think when your uh, top two wide receivers are Ridley and Cup. Now, we all love Cup, and he's fantastic, but Ridley and Cup aren't even wide their team's respective wide receiver one. So I, right. think, that's, I think that's a uh, uh, going to be a little bit of a steep curve. And he's still hanging a lot on old Duke Johnson, you know. His role is iffy. Yeah, yeah. I, I still love Duke. I, I love him less that Hyde's here, but at the same time. I think I mean, Hyde made no difference. Hyde is a body. I, and, and may take I think, that. He, I think he made difference as far as, as far as like with their offense plugging him in on the goal line, though. I mean, that's I think he's going to be a vulture for that. I, so where I disagree with that, is I agree that he's a body. I think he could potentially take some touches away from Duke. I don't think Hyde has anything anymore. He's been Absolutely on five not. teams in the last yeah. two years. There's something there that people are saying that he's he's just washed up. I think they brought him in in case of something were to happen to Duke. But Houston is not. I don't think Houston is running the ball when they're, they're not. in the 20. No. They're going to throw the ball. They're going to dump it off to Duke. So I think Duke there is okay. I agree that he still has a to-be-determined role because we haven't seen that from him in the past. I definitely think it would be cool to see him get it. Yeah. I do, too. I think, I, I I like think he can handle it. Yeah. Well, I think he can, too. Him. I think he can, too. I mean, he did. Uh, and we're talking PPR. Two but, years ago yeah. when he was the third down back for Cleveland, he finished 11th overall. So, yeah. I mean, he and, and that was when Cleveland sucked. And now we're, now we're on a team with Watson and the Texans 
offensively don't suck. So yeah, I, still I, a question mark, though. Yeah, and I, I think the we talked about Mahomes already going against Jacksonville, but you have Russell Wilson going against Cincinnati, who most likely is going to do what he wants. Yeah. I think the home. same, honestly, is true for Darnold, honestly. I think he's definitely underrated as far as the points for that week. I agree. So, well, I agree, so too. I'm going to be a homer here. Uh, go Buffalo, Bills Mafia. Um, their defense is underrated. So strong I, I, secondary. Yeah, they're, they're, they have a strong secondary. Their front line is, is great. So, though I well, think. A, I, I think that's true. I, I My point was more that the Jets are underrated. Yeah. I think that they're going to have a lot more. Uh, offensive firepower than than predicted. Yeah, uh, I like Darnold in that in that setup. Winter Soldiers has the Bell Darnold combo, and then you know Russell Wilson, and potentially if he wants to put Lockett in there. And he's got my boy Derrick Henry. I do. I mean, that's that's forty points right there. So uh, I <clears throat> I don't know. I, I just looking at it, I really I think uh, I would give the edge to the Dukes. Of, one, because their name is the Dukes of Hazard, which I completely support. But I'm a huge fan of Cup. I think he'll make up a little bit more than they've got him projected for. I agree. I'm not, you know, I know we, we, we don't want to linger on the teams too much. I'm not a big uh, super-duper Connor fan this year. I, I just think he's going to have some regression. I think Sanders yeah, is in the too. backfield. And I think it's yet to be determined that they lost Antonio Brown. They, they still have Juju. But I, I think it's going to be a new-look offense for them. And, I, and I'm sort of on a wait-and-see mode with Connor. He's, he's not jumping off the page for me as, as I thought he would. Well, this one I deserved a little bit more time because, according to Yahoo, this will be the blowout of the week. Yeah. There's the biggest spread here. And I, and I do think I think it's going to be a much closer game, if not go the wrong, the other way of their prediction. No, so. I agree. With, when you have Saquon on your team and Mahomes, you can never tell. Those two guys they might could, get you they could get, Exactly. They yeah. could have to say they could beat Winter Soldiers just on them two. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I am Winter Soldiers, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, moving on, let's go to Murray's Men versus Run CMC. So uh, right off the bat, it has the my quarterback, who I think could be in the top two, with Dak Prescott for Run CMC. Run CMC is definitely the, the leader as far as points projected. Again, First week, it's so hard to determine. It's so hard. I, though I like Dak this week, who's to know how Cooper's going to come back, so his point projection might be lower. I agree. He hasn't been practicing. McCaffrey is a B, so I think his points are going to be great. Girly, I same think, way. You I think those projections are right at, because they're, you know, they're not like wow, but they're not low. I, I think Gurley's projections well, are pretty spot on. Yeah. I think the only two spots in, that I would question on run CMC is Cooper and James White. I don't know where James White role is with Sony, Damian Harris, Rex Burkhead. So I know everybody likes James White there. I just don't know what his true value is. So I'm curious as to New England's backfield and Cooper I just agree. being not playing in the in the preseason, I, being hurt. I mean, I think today he was cleared to play. So. I think this is, to me, projections aside, I think this is probably the closest matchup that I mean that we've seen so far as far as I, I really don't know. I mean, gun to my head, I feel like maybe run CMC just because of McCaffrey and Gurley. Kelsey. But, yeah, Kelsey, but Murray's men at the same time, Devontae Adams, George Kittle, and you know Dalvin Cook, if he's finally the Dalvin Cook that everyone says he's going to yeah. be, I think it's going to be, be a good matchup. Now the shootout. Yeah, I think I think so. And then you have the Thursday night game. We'll know Thursday night because yeah. Aaron Jones could turn around and, and ball out, and so could Adams. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I think that's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be closer than what the projections are, whether they're higher or lower. So so far, it looks like a, at least we predict a lot of close games. Yahoo has the next one as the closest projected game between Turn Your Head and Golf and Shake and Bakers, uh, with less than a. 
point separating their final scores. Which way do you guys lean on that one? Again, I, I got to go with Turner hitting goal for the same same reason why we had Jason as the uh, Jay's team as the worst. We had Turner hitting golf as the best team in the draft. So I just think you got to give them week one. Yeah, I mean you just have to until things play out. When you look at the quarterback at golf, you have wide receivers at D Hop, Beckham, just and another quarterback that I think can project to be in the top five this weekend, it's going to be hard. I honestly think that Turner Head and Goff could potentially be the leading point getter this week. I mean, the only thing I would say is if, you know, for some reason we hear before the weekend that, you know, Zeke is playing, Zeke is starting 100%, right. and then that takes on Pollard. But then you still put in Jacobs, who's even projected more, or M- M- Michelle, who's projected about the same. So I don't, I don't think it hurts it. I don't think it I hurts I think he's got too, the more shaky or risky running back options in the starting lineup and has to somewhat maybe lower ceiling but more consistent. Yeah, I mean, even if bench. you decided that Damian Williams isn't going to have his role and, Paul, and Zeke comes back so Pollard takes a huge hit, you plug in Jacobs and Michelle in there, I think you're solid. I don't know if I plug in Jacobs Monday night, though. I'd, I I, I kind of think, I, I think you go Westbrook. Yeah, you potentially that, could. In that, I mean, if, you know, if the Jags' defense can't stop Kansas City, then Westbrook's going to have like a million... Yeah. A million targets. Yeah, I agree with that. For the Shaken Bakers, honestly, I think the downfall there could potentially be Galladay. But, again, they're playing Arizona, who I think is not that great, so he could he could have a great game. Just don't know if they run the score up so much that they end up loading it up on carry-on, which could help in, in the right. too. So I think the points are scored here really close. Like you said, they're under one point. I don't think it's going to be that close. I think Turn Your Head and Golf wins. It might be by, I'll make another bowl prediction. I think Turn Your Head and Golf wins by 15 points. All right, all right. And then moving on to the final matchup, we've got the holdouts versus I Made Chuck Norris Cry. Damn, that must be a strong dude right there. I'm telling you, Chuck Norris don't cry often. This is uh, this one's, what, about three points projected difference uh, in Yahoo. Again, we've got one side that's really kind of dependent on that whole Ezekiel Elliott holdout. At this point, I, I would say, like I said, I think he needs to just count on that not happening. And with that being said, he's in a position where, where he's starting Matt Breida, which may get some work, but I don't see being a, a huge scoring I agree. opportunity for it, him. Going back to the, you know, the holdouts was one of the people voted on for the best. He ended up losing but that being said, I, I mean, I, I kind of think that I made Chuck Norris cry. I, I think runs away with this. I think I know you said that you think the game before this was going to have the highest projected. I just think when you look at it, Tyreek Hill, Antonio Brown, David Johnson, Leonard Fournette, who everyone forgets, but he's still one of the only four backs in the league who's going to carry the ball the whole game, no matter what. I, right. And then you got Ek, you got Eckler now. With we know Melvin Gordon's not playing Week One, so you got Eckler there. I I, I honestly just uh, just think that I made Chuck Norris cry is just going to run away with this. Yeah, and I'm I'm in love with Cam Newton this year, so I think that's a great quarterback. And that's going to be a high – the Rams have a good defense, but that's, that's going to be a high-scoring game, I think. Yeah. It should be a good game, but I think that, that running back situation is what makes the difference, and I would lean towards well, Chuck Norris crying. running back makes a huge difference. But the rest of the team, I honestly – like the, the quarterback situation, I definitely lean towards the holdouts. I agree. Wentz and Winston, I think, will outscore – Cam Newton and Stafford by by a solid 15 points. Winston, uh, Those two quarterbacks outscore the other two by 15 points in my my little bold prediction for this game. But that being said, I think the deficit at running back is enough that Chuck Norris still takes it. 
I agree. I just I just think that you there's still Tevin Coleman in the mix. Of course, uh, the 49ers, the 49ers haven't looked that great. So I just think that when you're going against David Johnson, Leonard Fournette, and uh, chargerless uh, Melvin Gordon with Austin Eckler, I, I just think that you're you're asking Breda to do way too much to yeah to win that game. Although he's got Alvin Kamara on the other side. No, he does. <laughs> Maybe he does, he'll do some work. That's, and I mean, he's going to. I agree, though. He's going to need Kamara to, to get about 40 points. This is pretty much why I think he didn't get best draft at the end of it, is he does have some of the best or the best group of names on his team, but two of them are unusable this week. Right, and they and were unfortunately in both were in the top seven picks. So absolutely, that, yeah. So he took a big hurts. risk, and later in the season, if they come about, I don't think it's going to be easy to beat. Yeah, probably uh, not even outs. by week two or three when you can plug in Zeke Elliott. I mean, anytime you can have Elliott and Kamara full healthy back-to-back, I mean, you can beat any team in the league, but that's yeah. just not going to be week one, yeah. I don't think. Yep. What benefits the holdouts is that he can put Gordon on IR until he comes back with the way we had the settings. Okay. So he can go out and grab somebody else. So that pick definitely benefits him. He probably grabbed him a little earlier than, yeah. than what he probably needed to. But yeah, with him round. being able to put it on, put him on IR, he can go out and get somebody else to just fill up a roster spot. Right. So that's that's pretty good. But I agree. I think I think this one this one's going to be good. It's every week one matchup is a toss up. Heck yeah, yeah they are. Jeez, that's what we, we kept talking about how close they were, and it's going to be awesome. I think that's a testament to a, a well balanced draft too. It seems like everybody has a pretty solid team and a good chance to uh, to be competitive. Yeah, I'm ready for Thursday to be. Yes, sir. Football's coming. I don't usually like to play Thursday night people, but I think I plugged Montgomery in this week just because I want some of that action just to be part of it. I, th- I think I think Montgomery's going to do good. I think Tariq's sort of getting a little undervalued. I think he's I think he's going to do good too. I think Tariq and Montgomery are going to going to have a good game. Right on. All right, guys. Well, to kind of wrap up, we are going to have a um, little segment here at the end to make a few corrections to some mistakes from our first episode and as we move forward if we uh, we go back and, and notice uh, stat was stated incorrectly or anything like that we the plan is to go back and correct that but we are just talking kind of shooting from the hip and, and we'll probably speaking for myself at least we'll get things wrong probably every show and uh, hope you don't get too hung up on that we ain't perfect people yeah you know we're humans too for the sake of, of uh, trying to put good information out there uh, there would be a special little segment here to close the show. Before we start that up, I just want to say thanks for coming. Thanks for listening to that second podcast. I guess we're done. We out of here. Peace. Done. All right, as promised, that little closing segment, the queen bee is here, my wife, uh, and she has a few things she would like to say. Well, I really feel like if you're going to be taking over my family room once a week and you're going to be spending hours upon hours working on fantasy football and talking about it, you should at least know what you're talking about. So in the last episode, Derek, you said that Andrew Luck only played two seasons and missed five. And really it was more like the other way around. He missed nine games in 2015 and all of the 2017 season. Well then, now we're done.